Hello, listening people. Hello, listening people. You're listening to Spit and Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Slowinski. Hi, Ryan. And I'm Bartek. Hi, Bartek. Why are you saying hi to me? I'm talking to listening people. I wanted to say hello to you. How are you on this fine podcasting day and or night? Very good, Ryan. This is the first unappreciated masterpiece that we're doing where I'm finally done with university assignments. So I'm giving this my 100 Point five percent. He doesn't want to give a whole ten yet. That's for Christmas, dude. I'm <laughs> gonna kill myself. I mean, not because I'm. Gonna... Hear that, guys? He's going to kill himself. No, it's, it's not that I'm gonna kill Please myself. Please phone like, up suicide. the suicide it's, hotline. It's to more give like some serious mental health. It's not suicide. Health. It's not suicide. It's overworking to death. You see, uh, it's not that I'm intending to. Kill okay. Suicide. That's why I'm only giving the point five over hundred percent. Oh, okay. Fair enough. He's clarified that there. But you know what? We need to clarify why we call it spit and polish. Well, here's the answer, because we're always spitting, because, you know, saliva's in the mouth, and we are both Polish, which is in our genes, not the mm. pants genes, but the genetic code. Do you have a reference for that? Oh, yeah, we don't need to do university stuff. No, we don't need to do that. No Harvard style. No Harvard or or Harvard uh, referencing style. No, <laughs> I didn't even know what you were talking about for a second. I'm like, what's he talking about? Sorry, you've been out of uni for a while. Yeah. I've been out of university for some years now. I'm a grown man. Uh, yeah. Bartek's just a baby boy turning into a man. Um, I've got a second degree. Well, I haven't passed yet. But... You know what's your third degree? Podcasting. Yes. Of unappreciated masterpieces. Mm. And what are unappreciated masterpieces and how do we talk about them on this glorious podcasting show that we do? Well, some of you out there might be thinking, you know, unappreciated and masterpieces. That's some big words. Very big words. Some might say a paradox. Yeah, paradox. Um, You could change it to underrated films or underrated movies or not so much very liked much movies. Or obscure cinema. Obscure cinema. That would be a good podcast name if you haven't copyrighted that one anyone we're gonna take that yes obscure obscure cinema and we just talk about like movie cinemas like the buildings and in their where they're in obscure locations pick bodily function and your nationality another word for presents and And what was the words again obscure Obscure cinema cinema. Yeah, yeah 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 speak and german show obscure cinema yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking German obscure <laughs> cinema. Which talking, like, talking German. Talking German obscure <laughs> cinema, which sounds like the nastiest art house podcast ever made. Mm-hmm. So, what do we actually do on our show, though? On unappreciated masterpieces. Sorry, we got to use the big words. Um, <laughs> we find these films that are unappreciated, meaning that they either have never had the appreciation that they deserve, or they are films that have just once had it, but now don't have it. They're films that nobody talks about, and we say, no one talks about them. Why don't we talk about them at feature length and you... record it in an audio commentary fashion on a podcast with a long name? That's exactly it. That's exactly it, you know, because there were artists involved making these movies, and they like Da Vinci? Leonardo da Vinci might have been involved, but he goes by the name DiCaprio these days. Ah. We're not doing Critters 3, one of Leo's best movies. Um, no, we do talk about movies that, uh, you know, sometimes they they had glory, maybe like a flash in the pan. Maybe we talk about those, but sometimes not. Sometimes we talk about the ones that people just go, ah, oh, yeah, I remember that, but I didn't see it, or... Oh, whatever happened to that movie? Why isn't that in my collection? The the type of movies that aren't completely loved but aren't completely hated either. Patek, 
what would be the film we would be covering in today's episode of the podcast? Because I can't read the title of the episode because I'm in the episode. Yeah, and you're not looking up. Ryan, the film that we're doing today is one that I think is more on the uh, spectrum of people have heard of it and probably have also seen it. Oh, good. It has a very prominent British actor in it. Oh, so we're doing Grease 2 again? <laughs> yes, we're yeah. going to score or or again. Yeah, I can't wait to do Grease 2 again. Unfortunately, right. no, we're not doing Grease 2 again. Oh. We're doing... Is that the follow-up to Grease 2? Just Grease 2 again. Mm-hmm. That, like, it's not Grease 3, it's, the it's exact Grease 2 sa- again. It's the exact same as Grease 2, except every single <laughs> sentence ends with the word again. <laughs> yeah. I want a cool rider again. <laughs> <laughs> if you yeah. take the amount of, you know, lines in the film and, you know, roughly it takes a second to say again, then just add Do it. one second for every <laughs> sentence. Do it for a country again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would love that. <laughs> Someone make that movie, please. Get the original cast. Michelle Pfeiffer. No, she's not doing much. Of Someone best. message us with the best line from Grease 2 to have again at the end. For. <laughs> you lied to me again. Or something like that. Yeah. The film that we are doing is Johnny English. Wow. Now, that's very unique because this is the part of the show where you say the title and you're saying it in Polish. And yeah. the joke is, I don't speak Polish, yeah. which is not actually a joke. It's a true statement. Oh. And you embarrass me. And it's actually a cruel joke if it is a joke. Because we've been doing this over 100 episodes. I don't speak Polish, so I don't know what you're saying. But this time, it sounds like you're saying normal English words with a funny accent. Is there no... I did say English. You did? So English is one of the words. I, I okay, said okay, English. Okay, okay. So, so... I have to guess the title because you said yeah. with an accent and, I, you know, I don't speak accents. Uh, well, I just Ryan, have we... an accent. It's not my choice. Well, Ryan, when I was preparing for this episode, I noticed that this is like the second film we've done that begins with a J and it also begins with a form of the name John. Okay. Okay. So are we doing John Tucker Must Be English? That's a great film. I love that movie. Yeah, no, Ryan, that's a plot twist, not a title. Oh, <laughs> what a weird plot twist. Uh, no, I don't know what we're doing. What is it? Okay, Ryan. I'm, I'll, I'm I'll, clueless, not the film clueless. I'll slowly hint you into it. The film we're doing is Johnny English. Now, oh, you yeah. you can probably conclude that English means English. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Johnny, which means... in Polish the name John is like Jan, but this is Johnny. Yanni. <laughs> Yanni English. English. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, no. The Polish are actually doing an interesting thing here where they're uh, it's called not translating. Oh, okay. Cause so you'd notice that Johnny kind of sounds like you know Johnny. Oh, is yeah. this okay? I got it. Is this Mr. Bean becomes a secret agent? Exactly. Ah, uh, my favorite. Mr. Chinese... Bean, the crazy agent, sometimes known as. Oh, in the Brazilian one, yeah, yeah in the Brazilian Portuguese. Wasn't it the Chinese one? No, the Chinese one was Mr. Bean becomes a secret agent, and oh, then right. the Brazilian Portuguese translation for the film is. Mr. Bean is a crazy agent. So he's playing Mr. Bean in this, the British actor that's famous that I was hinting at. Yes, yes, it is unique for, um, you know, it is unique for Michael Gambon to play Mr. Bean. Michael Gambon? Gambon. Was that his name? I don't know. I thought it was Gambon. Dumbledore. I just remember in the LEG in the house commentary, they make fun of him. (laughs) <laughs> so are we doing a Sasha Baron Are we doing Allergy in the house? Is that what you're saying? I love Allergy in the house, but no, we're not. We're doing Johnny English. <gasps> Johnny English from 2003. Yeah, Mr. Bean becomes a crazy secret wow. agent. 
Wow, this is a unique one for us to be covering on the show because this is one that people do know, people Mm -hmm. do like. I don't think it's one that people uh, absolutely love with a fiery passion like other Rowan Atkinson projects like Black Adder, Mr. Bean, as we mentioned, and... Four weddings and the fu- four weddings and a funeral and other projects he's he's done. Mm. So that's why we're covering yeah, it. Yeah, I, I feel like it's one of the ones that like people have seen and remember liking. I think it's also the first time. I might be wrong in this uh, that we are covering uh, uh, a movie that is still in an active film franchise. <laughs> Because the new Johnny English is coming out. Yes. That's a reason why we're It's about to become a trilogy. That's Rowan Atkinson's first film trilogy he's ever been in, is Mm. a fun trivia fact. Mm, Yeah, good point. What you guys have to do is you have to get your copy of Johnny English, because I imagine you all have a copy of Johnny laying around. You know, you, you might have downloaded it legally, of course, because... We want Rowan Atkinson to receive that paycheck in his mail. He doesn't use email, I imagine. I imagine he just he needs, has mail. He needs a new car, Ryan. He has a carrier pigeon named Speckled Jim who delivers it to him. No, no, he's eaten him. I know. And now he's serving time in jail. And that was like 100 years ago, Ryan? That was hundred over 100 years over, ago. Yeah, it was World War I. So get your copy of the film because what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a countdown from three and I'll go down to one and say play. And you're going to press play at the same time. And you are going to be synced up with us as we watch and talk about the film. Of course, we're going to be talking about this in depth. So if you haven't seen Johnny English before and you're expecting to hear this podcast without any kind of spoilers, yeah. you're a fool. You know who's... You've had like 18 years or what? You know, how many years have they had? 15 years yeah. to watch this movie? It's your fault that you're not you know, up to where we are. You know who's also expecting something, Ryan? What? The guest who's glaring at us for not introducing them. Ah, uh, sorry. We'll get around to it, okay? But first, I'm going to do the countdown. So, you okay, ready? Because we're going to start this in three, two, one, play. And off we go to the races. Okay, let's go. Oh, we, oh right. We was... four seconds in, five mm-hmm. seconds in, six seconds in, seven Eight, and that is where we're up to podcast over. We've did done we, our do we, job. Wait, did we pass the nine second mark? We are currently at the 14, 15 second Damn. mark, 16 second mark. This is hard so to keep up with. Johnny English might be one that people go, wow, you're doing this on unappreciated masterpieces. I mean, the third movie's coming out this year. Which the, hints at like, oh, it is appreciated then to some degree. But it isn't though, is it? Like, yeah. Johnny English is one of those ones that people consider a, a lesser Rowan Atkinson project, including Rowan Atkinson mm. uh, himself. Well, he considers most of his films... To be lesser. Yeah. He is very, um... He's a very interesting guy, Rowan is. You know, he doesn't do interviews very much because he suffers from a stammer. Mm. Which you can tell in a lot of his works. Like, we've talked about this before. Like, Samuel L. Jackson also had a stutter for a period of time. And you can tell, like, with Rowan Atkinson and Samuel L. Jackson, a part of what makes them great as actors is their clear pronunciation. Mm. Rowan Atkinson, you know, sometimes he does play up his stammer sometimes in roles. Mr. Bean and Blackadder has these occasions, especially first season Blackadder, which, might I add, this character of Johnny English really is just if first season Blackadder lived and became a secret agent. Mm. Um, because it is a mixture of Blackadder and Mr. Bean. Yeah, definitely. And that is season one of Blackadder, is Blackadder and Mr. Bean as one character. Yeah, he's not as effeminate, but definitely he's got that type of character sort of going. Would you say season one Blackadder's effeminate? 
in comparison to the other ones, he's got the high pitched voice and oh, he's yeah, I guess so. A lot more weak willed. They they also have they a whole episode dedicated to trying to make him gay. Yes. <laughs> or seem gay. Or seem gay. Yes. No, make him gay. Imagine that. No. Oh look, is this our lead female actress in the movie? No, no. We never see this woman ever again. What, is this a dream sequence or something? No, it's a trailer for Johnny English oh. while playing Johnny English. No, um, Johnny English, yes, we are covering it because it, it's coming out with a new movie and I found it very interesting that I've always thought that both Johnny English movies that currently exist that are out to watch were unappreciated. Um, but it's one of those ones where it's like, but yet they're making a new movie of it and... Who is this new movie for? Because most people don't really speak about Johnny English as that, ooh, Johnny English, that great Rowan Atkinson comedic masterpiece. Only I talk about it like that. Mm. So I'm thrilled that a third movie's coming out. But yes, this podcast is an opportunity for me to be able to join you in talking about it. It is just an excuse for you to just listen to me completely gush about movies that are great and you nod your head in an audio podcast well i don't want to interrupt you oh thanks uh he's wearing his mr bean outfit in this sequence for no apparent reason other than reference and that's what i like about johnny english it has great references to things i mean we were talking before we started recording that uh you had watched a mr bean sketch Mm. uh or scene and uh it had Ben Miller in it. Yeah, I, I watched some of the specials that came out this decade. And it had Ben Miller in it, as who's boff in this movie. And that's kind of cute that they've worked together before, and then they've operated in the same spheres outside of this mm. movie. Now, let's talk about our history with Johnny English. Bartek, I'd like to hear from you. Um, Guest, you're going to get a second. Just stop poking me. The franchise or just this film? Um, let's go franchise. No, no, wait. Let's just go this film, because, spoiler alert, we're covering the second one next episode, so yes. we want to save some mystery. Um, well, I I had seen this film in the cinema back in the day, 2003, mm. so I would have been about 10. Were you the one who really wanted to see it, or was it like a, a whole family was like, oh, let's go see Johnny English? I think it was a whole family thing, because I, I think Mr. Bean, it's fair to say, has a wide appeal to a lot of people, especially... Mm-hmm for a European sensibility, because it is a European property. Yes. Um, I, I know that in Europe it is apparently shown in every country and everyone loves it, because it's a minimalist show. It's a universal terms, comedy. Yeah, in terms of, you know, dialogue, because it's mostly a silent it's, show. It's a vaudeville yeah. kind of slapstick. Um. So, yeah, this is, you know, Rowan Atkinson comedy film. You know, let's go out as a family to see it. And we watched it, and, you know, for, for a ten-year-old it was quite a funny film. Uh, definitely seeing it again to, uh, now as a 25 year old, um, you know, I was familiar with a lot of the jokes because I think I had seen it once or twice since the cinema. Oh, wow. Um, so it was a more of a nostalgic, um, experience watching it again. Oh. Um, but very much an enjoyable one. I can definitely see, um, the humor of this film being very, uh, appealing to a fresh audience. Nice. I did not see this in the cinema, but I remember very vividly the trailers for the movie, the advertising. They always showed the scene where he clicked the pen and where he got his tie stuck at the sushi place and and him going up the the pipe for the pooing. Mm. Those were the three major things. 
And I remember being a young kid, you know, like 10 or 9 or 10 and being like, oh man, I really want to see this because I obviously am a huge Rowan Atkinson fan as well. I love pretty much everything he's, he's done. I mean, I don't like the Mr. Bean movies, um, but maybe we should cover them on the podcast because I might have a different perspective on them. Yeah, I'm... I. I know, I know I've seen both of them. I saw the second one in the cinema. And I, I preferred the, the second one more than the first yeah. because it was more in the spirit of the TV show yeah. character. While the American movie was like, the first 15 minutes it was wacky Mr. Bean stuff and then mm. it's kind of like one of those movies where it's like American Sweet where it's like, Mr. Bean changes his family's damaged yeah. lives. I'm like, fuck well, off. Mr. Bean would not do that. Yeah. He, the one thing that people forget about Mr. Bean. The dis- ultimate disaster movie or whatever. No, no, no. The the one thing I mean about the character. Oh right, yep. Is he is an asshole. Yeah, like he is. like he's not always innocent. Like there are times where Mr. Bean is mean. Hmm. And the Americans Mr. Mean. Miss the Americans didn't like that aspect of him a lot in the American yeah. movie. But that's that movie. I I've loved Rowan Atkinson's work. I big, I do too. I, I grew up out of his works I grew up with uh Mr. Bean, obviously, but Blackadder. Specifically, Blackadder season two. Hence, it's probably my favorite season. I was, I'm always tossing and turning between the seasons that are my favorite Blackadder, as most Blackadder fans would, because they're all pretty great. The first one's the weakest for myself. For you, Bartek, it's your fa- one of your favorites. Yeah, your I've, favorite. it's, I got a soft spot for it, but definitely I can see wider appeal with the other seasons. Season four has a real great... Season four is just a great, great comedy series. And drama. <laughs> yeah. And it's only six episodes, which is, that's saying something. Uh, yeah, and season three is great too, because you got Hugh Laurie just fucking ripping it apart. Yeah. Uh, I, he's great in that. Yeah, but. I can't say that I grew up with it, but definitely in the internet age, I could, I watched it, the whole thing just over and over and over uh, again. Here's a classic uh, pen sequence. I didn't realise until looking up trivia about this, that he Same emerged here. as a character that was in ads. Yeah, it, it wasn't that he was playing Johnny English but Similar... But it's like the exact same idea. He was playing a bumbling agent who had a sidekick. Exactly. So that's kind of cute. Yeah. But my history with this, I didn't see it in the cinema, but I really wanted to see it because I'm a huge. I was a huge fan of uh, Rowan Atkinson. Still am. Mm. I I've always liked how he can manage to um, play very stern, authoritarian characters, all really goofy, childlike characters. And this movie seemed like the perfect hybrid of both of those aspects to him because you know sometimes you have him playing like you know mr bean type characters or, or you can have him playing really convincing like vicars or policemen a great tv show that a lot of people overlooked made by the people who did blackadder as well i'm pretty sure is the thin blue line in mm. which he plays a policeman that's a great little show it only had two seasons i love that show if you're a big fan of Ron atkinson and you haven't checked it out Check that show out. It has a few from Blackadder turn, give a bit of a role. Like um, Stephen Fry shows up as a Scottish policeman wearing a kilt, and it's great. Yeah, with me, um, I, I basically one day looked up Rowan Atkinson on Wikipedia. It's like, I love this guy. What else has he done? It's like, he's well known for Mr. Bean, Blackadder, and The Thin Blue Line. And I'm like, I've never heard of The Thin Blue Line. It's and great. then like a week later, I'd seen it. It was great. I I, I've only show. seen it the one time, but I remember liking it. And a it lot. has great British character actors, like the 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 the, the black cop in it, who he's well known British character comedic actor. Check it out if you haven't. It's a joy. It's not the greatest, but it is a joy. But Johnny English, my history, didn't see it. Got it on DVD as soon as it came out, and this is where my story goes from interesting to great mm. because. My father and I watched it when my mum was at work at <laughs> night. But the big twist is 
we enjoyed it. My mum didn't really care that we didn't, didn't we watched it without her. And but my mum really did care because we were supposed to be watching and recording the second episode of Desperate Housewives, <laughs> an episode that I to this day have not seen, and it is one of those episodes that set up a lot of things that oh, went on for fun. the rest of the season that you had to pick up upon later. Like it's like, hey, why is this little? 10-year-old kid blackmailing this woman. I guess it happened in the second episode. I missed out. And my mum was really pissed off about that because, yeah, she liked it. I, I came from a household that liked Desperate Housewives uh, up until a point. The specific point, if you're a Desperate Housewives watcher, you know the point. where they skip, two. Where they, skip, <laughs> where they skip forward. They literally skip forward 10 years That's for fun. no apparent reason. And it's like all of these great child actors that they had just disappear and now you have these different actors that suck in comparison that's saying a lot we missed a great joke he just touched a woman up and his solution was closed curtains and her and i love she her she was trapped she, she's like help help i'm trapped like that works but did i like johnny no i didn't i didn't like johnny when i saw it uh, I owned it on DVD and they watched it once after to see if I would like it again. Didn't like it. This did go from interesting to great. I didn't like Johnny. I I would go around saying, come on, guys, there's better Rowan Atkinson projects out there. And yes, you know... That is true, I guess. There is yeah. better Rowan Atkinson projects, but for film, I think this is one of his best. Like, he rarely gets to be the leading guy in a film. He usually turns up for five minutes in a movie as the best part. You know what I'm talking about, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Uh, and or keeping mum and he's just great in this he, he just balances all these comedic elements so well goofy egotistical childlike charming he's got everything he just shows you that he could be a genuinely good like dramatic straight actor it's like when they did the comic relief special in which he played doctor who and i was just uh, most people who have seen it just watch and go, man, I would actually like Rowan Atkinson to be Doctor Who at some point. Like, he's, he's really good. But I didn't like it. I, I, I didn't like it, and I was very concerned about doing it on the show. Because I was like, I don't know if I can look at it as an unappreciated masterpiece because I've grown up not liking this movie. But it made me go, why didn't I like this movie growing up? And I think it's just because I was spoiled by Rowan Atkinson. Mm. He's giving us he's given us so much joy before and then here he is he has his own big movie franchise now and that's a lot of burden and I just went ah, I've been burnt once before with the Mr Bean movies and I thought I was burnt again with this but you know what rewatching it loved it loved it I'm I even so love to hear that I even love the fact that we have an Australian actress being the lead sexy maybe French girl who knows so she's definitely Australian Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, you were telling me that before, and I thought you were, like, just guessing. No, no, no. She, Natalie Imbruglia is an Australian actress and singer. Mainly singer. Okay. Um, she was married to the lead singer of Silverchair for a while. I haven't heard of Silverchair. You've never heard of the band Silverchair. I, if you played a song by them, I might you recognize it. You are crazy. I know that, but wow. we're talking about Wow, you're crazy. Do you know the band Powderfinger? Yes. Okay. Good. Because I was bringing them... This is completely divergent, but in Australia, the two big bands in the early 2000s to mid-2000s for rock were Powderfinger and Silverchair, two very different style rock bands, but for a great period of time, 
uh, that from like 2005 onwards, they toured together for a few years. That was like the big thing. It was like Powderfinger and Silverchair teaming up on a tour together. Great. Was Powderfinger the band that did the cover of 99 Red Balloons that was in Eurotrip? Or was that a different band? I can't remember. You love Eurotrip. I, every, I do love Eurotrip. Take a drink during every podcast where Bartok mentions and forces a reference of Eurotrip in there. It's, have I done that a lot? You have mentioned <laughs> Eurotrip God knows how many times. Well, look, if... Should we do it on the show? Because I guess. most people don't talk about Eurotrip. They talk about Road Trip, the first one. I don't know if I've seen that film. That's the one where Tom Green puts a live um, well, his, mouse in well, his mouth. Well, here's the thing, right? If, if they were the band that did the cover... In that film, that would be the reason why I know that. There you go. So that says but, something. Uh, Natalie Imbruglia is a lead actress in this movie. She's Australian. She's a singer. She'd done acting as well. She was in Neighbours in the early 90s. Mm-hmm, of course. Um, if you're Australian and you haven't done Neighbours or Home and Away, are you really an actor? We've had a guest on this show who's been on Neighbours as an actual character, not an extra. Yeah, exactly. Not you. Not <laughs> you me. You're on Neighbours as an extra. I've been many times, but only as an extra. As the same extra, though? I mean, generic student, but sometimes party girl. But with beard, though. Generic student with beard. I think once I was, like, nightclub security or something. (laughs) And you were, like, a 16-year-old boy. I literally was 16 or 17. And you were like, get out of here! I'm security! But I look older than I am, so it works. Yeah, Bartek looks 45 years old. Um, For those of you who cannot see him right now. Hello, kids! Hello, fellow kids! (laughs) I'm Uncle Bapa. But I didn't like it, but watching it again, I fell in love and I realised why people do like this movie. And I say to those people who don't like the Johnny English movie, get over yourselves. That's what I was, I'm saying to my past self right now. Get over yourself, Ryan. This film's great. But he's not being mean about it. He's being respectful. He doesn't want you to, you know, go die in a fire or whatever. He says, get yeah. over yourself and see what's so great about this film and join Ryan in the realisation. Exactly it, Bartek. Now, what is the actual plot line to Johnny English? For those who are unfamiliar or have forgotten... Cause did you remember um, the story of Johnny English 1? I remembered the story of this one a little better than I remembered uh, the second film's plot. Which um, I have never seen, by the way, the second one. Oh, okay. Um, it's basically because I remembered certain parts about it, so I could kind of piece it together. Like, I remembered the ending where, you know, he gets crowned king, so I was like, oh, obviously... Um, and, you know, piecing it together, there was a villain who had a plot to become king for some reason. And I remembered, like, little sequences here and there, like the cliffside fortress um, in the second last part of the film. Um, you know, the, the funeral. Just a lot of different parts of it, the skyscraper sequence. So sort of piecing together, like, sets yeah, uh, throughout the film and where they are. Um, in terms of the specific plot about, you know, it was a French guy played by John Malkovich. The great John who, Malkovich. Who, yeah, the great John Malkovich, who's, you know, a high-profile, respected um, Johnny English is opposing him because he knows the truth and he's being chastised for that reason. Didn't remember the little details like that. Um, but as the scenes went on, I'm like, oh, I, I think I know what's going to happen next. I remember some gags here and there, which is one of the reasons why, yeah, my familiarity didn't make me laugh as hard this time, but it still made me realize, again, for a fresh audience, this it would be much more appealing. Yeah. But for me, still nostalgic. So basically, yeah, John Malkovich, evil French guy, but hey, 
he had the rightful heir to the throne 200 years ago. <laughs> so he's like, I own prisons and I'm doing... His plan is escape from New York. He's going to make a whole island a prison, mm. which is England, by the way. And I love the idea at no point, at no point did anyone, anyone mention the idea of England having already done that idea already with Australia being a prison? Well, I think that was kind of like the, for the more intelligent people in the audience who are more aware of history, maybe that would be kind of like a joke, like an ironic thing. Yeah, it's like, ah, they've already done that, you idiot, and it didn't work out for them. Uh, The whole idea of um, John Malkovich wanting to turn a hustling, bustling country into a whole prison unit... I want to know how that works, because, like, will it be all of the world's prisoners are put there, or will it be, like, all of England are now prisoners, or... Well, his plan that he was giving to the, you know, multicultural evil group was (laughs) to send all their country's prisoners to England. Okay, so who are the prison guards? Is it English citizens, or do they just get shipped out? Well, that was because you mentioned um, Escape from New York. Yes, yeah. Escape from New York has no um, prison yeah, system. I... It's just basically chuck them in there and they fend for themselves. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I want to. But my point of reference was a later work, which was a video game, Batman Arkham City. Yes. Where they section off part of the city and just dump all the criminals yeah, yeah. there and leave them to, again, fend but for John themselves. John Markovich makes it sound like he's going to make an infrastructure of a prison well, because he the, builds yeah. prisons. So that's it would thing. make him financially richer, but he only has a $7 billion empire, which is pretty low for what he wants to do because of yeah. the amount of money it would take to completely redesign or rework England into a prison. Yeah, I, I was on board. It's a lot. I Even was though th- there's like fif- maybe the 15 other evil guys will chip in, but like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking to myself like, oh yeah, just dump them all there and just have some way that they won't leave the island. But in his slideshow, he was showing like walls everywhere and like yeah. little housing. And I was like, oh, you probably don't have to bother with that. Just make sure the the borders, you can't make yeah. them leave. It's also one of those things where um, it's like RoboCop. Have you seen RoboCop, the original? Uh, maybe ages ago. I definitely in have to watch it. the original RoboCop, they are building the new Detroit. It's going to be like this uh, haven... And the bad guy, Dick Jones. <laughs> I know that name. Dick Jones! I work for Dick Jones! That's Every time I, I think of Robocop, I think of Red from that 70s show being fucking thrown through glass plates by Robocop. And he's like, I work for Dick Jones! He's your boss! Yeah, so Dick Jones! His plan is to allow, um, you know, he's cutting corners, just like John Goodman in Evan Almighty, mm-hmm. the episode we did last week, with building the city. But he's also allowing gangsters and criminals to get first dibs of territories in there. And that seems like what John Malkovich is going to do too, because why does he need a whole council of criminal millionaires, like criminal gangsters to help him when he himself is a legit businessman? So, like, do you know what I mean? So, unless he's going to do the Dick Jones plan, in which he's going to have criminals have stakes in terms of business operations within his prison. So, I I must have missed that. So, the people in that room were criminals? All criminals. Yeah, yeah, she says that. These are, like, he's gathered the world's most rich and powerful criminals together Mm -hmm. to help him do this. So why are they interested then? Because he seems legit about wanting to make this a proper prison. Mm. So 
Well, and, and I think that is, I guess, sort of a weakness of the film. It only really gets explored in that one scene where it's revealed. And like you said, he's like, I'll get all of your country's prisoners and put them in my prison. But it's like, but they're criminals themselves, so why do they want to put criminals He's in a, Okay, a, li- a little idea I just thought of. Maybe they have, like, goons that are sent to prison. There's no way to get them out. Mm. So perhaps... And his whole thing is he's hiring criminals to be in his, um, like... Pascal is hiring like these guys here in this scene people who are just out of prison to be his workers so maybe he's making a whole nation of people working for him under the guise of it being a prison I was thinking like for the 15 people in there it's like I I will we'll find a way to look after your goons in this big colony of basically prisoners maybe that's the idea insanely genius though if not for the fact that he was stopped in the next scene sort of next scene and he uh, wants to be and he wants to be king because well, to, to, to do fulfill this, that plan, yeah. To fulfill this plan, because the Queen could do that today, apparently. Did well, you know 2003, that? yeah. Well, she could probably still do it. She's still alive. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, she is. I, one of the trivia <laughs> points even mentioned, like, this film sometimes gets compared to the first Naked Gun film, which also involved a plot uh, involving Queen Elizabeth II. Um, imagine being Queen Elizabeth II and having your likeness be used so often in yeah. movies as a villainous like scheme device like like villains are going to use her to propel themselves forward like like do you think she appreciates that do you think she, when she sat down and watched this movie as she would um and she saw them point a gun at her corky and she was willingly like she was willing then to sign over her power do you think she was like Oh, that's wrong. I wouldn't have done that. I would let the corgi die. Or she would be like, Oh, they got me pretty good there. That would happen. They should have pointed at a cow. Am I right, guys? No. Why would you say that? Because a while ago... I know. A while you, ago, you know you've why. mentioned on the podcast several times as well. I think that it the might queen have been out of the podcast. Was, yeah. No, in the podcast. Okay. You enjoyed the queen I watching didn't. cows. I didn't. You I kept seeing it. it on Facebook, people sharing this video of like, this will make your week, the queen being happy about cows or something. I, I just kept seeing it over and over and over and again. And now you're spreading it like a disease. Now I'm just talking about it. It's not viral anymore. Was the cow Rowan Atkinson? I don't... In disguise. I don't even remember what the context was. It was, was. for Johnny English 3. Ah. <laughs> because she's still a plot device. I don't remember her being in 2, but to be fair, I only remember bits of 2. Isn't she in all of them? Isn't she his mentor? The queen of England? <laughs> Sir English! Spoiler alert, he becomes a knight at the end. I think the only time I can remember the Queen being sort of, like, specifically Elizabeth II being sort of an antagonist figure is, I've mentioned Doom the in the Bollywood franchise. Well, of at course Bollywood have, have her as a villain well, no, no, because only England are colonising be- bastards. No, no, no in, at the beginning of the second film, they introduced the main villain um, hatching a plot, stealing something from Queen Elizabeth II while she's on, like, a, a train. And I, no. I remember, I think she holds a gun oh, great. and aims at it or something. Like I that. remember very vividly the Queen of England, Elizabeth II, being portrayed evilly in uh, a TV show uh, that was like uh, mocking the like bios of celebrities. So it's like celebrity tales. I can't remember what it was called. Some British comedy show. Each week it would be like, this is a story about, you know, how Elton John saved all of these gay men and all this kind of stuff. But this one was like the story of Diana. 
and how she died. And it was like, it's because um, the queen sent Philip to go kill her. It's like, you see the motorcade sequence, but it's like Philip on a bicycle mm. with a machine gun <laughs> just shooting the tires out. And he's like, take that, you ruddy whore. And it's like shooting the tires out. So, right, if you have to give Queen Elizabeth II a rating. Queen Elizabeth II. Part two. Out of the golden age? Is that like... No, there's that Queen Elizabeth movie with Kate Blanchett and they did the second one where it was Queen Elizabeth... Electric Boogie. The second one, the golden age. I'll give that a four out of five because, you know, not enough Jeffrey Rush action in that. But what about the Queen Elizabeth II herself? Herself as a monarch? Just in general, as a person. In general, as a person. She likes cows, remember that. Apparently. And she likes corgis. I'd give her a three out of five. Pretty she's good. She's. I would have given it a four, but she should have retired by now or died. Um, you know, I just really want the royals to die. Is that okay? Uh, Ryan, last boo monarchy. Last Christmas, I was playing celebrity heads with my family, and they gave me one of the royals, and I. Which one? I don't even remember. I don't know the royal family that well. Male the, or female? It was one of the princes. I. I Prince lit- Edward. I literally when I got Prince to- Harry. Probably. When I got up to the point where I had to guess, I knew it was a royal, I was just pulling out whatever male name I could remember was in the royal family. And my Charles? Aunt, it was either Charles or Harry. Those are, the, like, the two names I jumped to. William. Ryan, I don't know the answer. I just said something until I got it right. Basically, my uncle told me, have you been living under a rock? And since then, I've been like, I don't care. What have they done for me? <laughs> well, they've got their faces on money. Well, one of them does. Yeah, clean. one of them. But she's the memorable one. Well, it's because she's uh, talking about Queen of the Monarchy, the best fucking bit in the movie. <laughs> the jewel crown of Johnny English is funeral scene, graveyard scene, in which Johnny's so cocky about having tracked down the hearse drivers with the stolen crown jewels. This is a really good scene for showing you what kind of character he is if you're the type of guy who thinks, like, oh, he's got two modes. He's got the more silly Mr. Bean mode and the more serious Blackadder role. Uh, It kind of shows, like, the two sides of, like, he's cocky, he's confident, he thinks he knows what he's doing, but when he's given a indirect hint that he's fucked up, <laughs> um, he'll play the dumb guy to get out of it. Wow, real tears. <laughs> <laughs> and then- it, It's a sort of, like, cringe that's good. A good kind of cringe. Like, oh, you are messing up, but you're making it entertaining. When he starts to tap dance, river dance on the coffin is when my face just nearly cracked open, like, cracked in half with a smile so large. I mean, it's Rowan Atkinson. He's a great physical comedian. I mean, his face is... He can just contort his face in so many different interesting ways. You know, sometimes he can be really, like... Especially with that big nose, big goofy nose of his and his little buggy eyes and stuff. But he's just... Great. This is just great. And then Ben Miller is what really makes this comedic scene work because he's 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 nervous and he's pulling the situation out of his ass as he goes along, but he's kind of making it work and just like mm. Rowan Atkinson going with it, just being like or whatever he's in, saying. in retrospect, it's very appropriate that the related video I found to the trailer for this film was the funeral uh special from a few years ago, which had these two actors in it. Mr. Bean, like, hugging the coffin and it breaking and stuff ben like that. Ben Miller is a great comedic British actor. Um, do you know many of his works or who he is? I would imagine, like, a lot of British actors, 
I don't know them by name, but if you name things they've been in, I might have seen them. Fair enough. He's very big in England. He's been around for a very long time. Uh, him and uh, another guy, Armstrong. Armstrong and Miller show. Their sketch show is really good. I'd recommend checking some of their stuff out. Like, they have this very great sketch in which it's uh, they're these two World War II fighter pilots. Who, you know, they look amazing look at the hair gelled and the mustaches and and it's shot in black and white and they got the full you know uniforms on and the pipe and all of that and it's just like you hear the old-timey music and you hear like on the radio being like you know you hear Winston Churchill being like you know we'll fight them on the beaches and all that kind of stuff and they turn off the radio and they just speak with those old-fashioned British voices you know that you know that old British voice they speak like modern-day chavs so it's just great, and they speak so quickly, and it's, they nail it, everything's just perfect, so it's like, you know, one time you see them, their parachutes have got them trapped in a tree, and they're just talking about like, I don't, well, man, I thought that was really rough, I thought we were going to die, like, right now, it's like, yeah, my life flashed before my eyes, it was like really boring, so I kind of like turned away, they just keep talking like this, back and forth, back and forth, and Ben Miller, he's been in a lot, he's been in... A great TV show called The Worst Week of My Life. The Worst Week of My Life, which is so weird because then they made a second season. While the first one was all the one week of his life, and the second season is like another week. So not to be confused with the Australian show The Worst Week of My Life again, which I was an extra in. Oh, really? Yeah, I've told you about it. I was like a... Who was in that? I've Maybe no, it's the no Australian idea. version of that show because it was a very big well. Show. I I know that I I was told on the set of that show that um it was about a kid who just had the worst year of his life, and he has to now repeat that uh, year or something. No, different. The worst week of my life is just Ben Miller just just suffering in laws and stupidity. Like mm. oh, it's such a good show. And then they have the worst Christmas of my life and really good show. And then he has like his crime show comedy dramedy death and paradise in which it's like hey do you want to see ben miller on a tropical holiday suffering watch death and paradise <laughs> like, i think like for the first season he's handcuffed to a briefcase for most of it and he's like really annoyed about it mm. but he's great and it's great to see a comedic actor like this that it teamed up with another great comedic actor like rowan atkinson it's like passing off the torch right you said it's great to see a great comedic actor like that and the moment you said that Rowan, John Atkin Malkov Rowan Atkinson appeared on this screen here in the film. Well, that's good. And John Malkovich, great to see a great uh, serious actor chucking in a nice little comedic performance. Uh, do you find it weird with John Malkovich? Uh, you've seen Being John Malkovich, the movie. You covered it on a previous podcast that you used to be on. I, I probably did, yeah. On called, uh, uh, Media, Media Wars. Wars. About Cold Turf Wars. Uh, a completely different project. With, with Media Wars, it's just, what did I see that week? I'll just tell you a uh, little about it. You seem very vague on it, but uh, that's why where John vague. Cusack lives in his head. Yeah. Being John Malkovich. I was going to say, is it weird? For me, it's always been weird to take John Malkovich seriously after watching Being John Malkovich, a movie that is like, just uh, dares to ask the question, what's it like to be John Malkovich? <laughs> I just see him in this movie and I'm like, huh, what is going in his head right now? John Cusack running around? What's going on? Because you, you've seen, you, you, you saw it. And John Malkovich is one of those actors that, I said this before we were recording, People either love or hate him. What are your opinions of him? Have you seen him in very many things? Did you like him in this movie? 
he's not really been on my radar. Like, I have seen being John Malkovich, but that was six years ago, and I only saw that one time, and it was because Reese lent me the DVD. I remember liking it, definitely. Um, Tragic. Did you not like it? No, I loved it. It's just like, it's one of those ones where it's like, I can't forget. It's one of those ones that's very it's definitely, unforgettable. It's definitely one that I'd want to watch again, and I do remember a lot of parts about it. I remember some of, like, the sets. Mm. Um, definitely want to see it again. Might even ask Reese to lend it to me. Um... Yeah, he he's. I've probably seen him in a lot of things, but he's just not really on my radar. But what did you think of him in this movie? In fact, before this episode, I literally asked you what nationality he was. Yep, you did, which was concerning to me. I'm like, what did you think? He was really French? I mean, his, ne- his accent's I didn't pretty think he was French. spot on. Well, you thought he was German. Yeah, I d- because I felt like he put on an accent in some of the things I'd seen him in. Really, he's not on my radar. He does put on a lot of accents. You, yeah. 100% nailed that. He was in um the Hitchhiker's Guide movie. Yeah? Oh, that's right. He's he- the bad guy. See, the interesting thing about that is my stepbrother brought up the franchise, and I told him, oh, you know, I have the first, second, third, and fifth book. Don't have the fourth one for some reason. And I told him, <laughs> oh, I can lend it to you if you want. He asked me how long it was, and I grabbed my copy... And it's a film tie-in edition, so it has a lot of... Uh, yeah, yeah. So right. it's like... It, the, the book's like 220 pages. My one was like 330 mm. because of all this detail. And one of the things is they have photos of the actors that portray the characters. Yeah. Um, and, and John I, Markovich's character isn't in the book. He's completely made up for the movie. I think so, yeah. Because And when I was flicking through all the characters, I'm like, Oh, John Malkovich, I know, I know of this guy now. Yeah, and he's a, he, he always plays bad. He mainly plays bad guys. Yeah, he does seem that kind of It's because he's evil. I'm not saying John Malkovich is the individual. He just plays bad guys really well. I'd have tea with him. Would you? I don't know him that well, but tea would When he help. was doing what accent, though? Uh, his, whatever his natural one is, just so oh. I can solidify it in my head. Is it a bad accent, Ryan? No, it's a... John Malkovich doesn't even like the sound of his own voice. Oh, that's right. You did tell me that. Uh, apparently, John Malkovich has made a movie that won't come out until 100 years after he has died. Yeah, sure. No, no, really. No, no, I believe you, but... <laughs> you just said it really, like... I, yeah, I was talking sure. about. I was Typical talking about John Malkovich. I was talking about the it won't happen until 100 years after he's dead. I feel like it'll leak by then. No, it won't. It's John Malkovich. I'll do it. He's I'll too, do it. He's too, what do you go to WikiLeaks him? Here it is, guys. He'll, he'll be dead. He can't stop me. No, no. Before he dies, you're like, here it is, guys. Got well, it. A hundred years before he dies? What are you talking no, about? No, a hundred years after he dies. Yeah, he'll be dead. He'll be so. released. But you're saying like, I thought you were saying, yeah, right. Like, it won't get leaked before then. I thought you were saying like, I'm going to leak it now while he's oh, not still now. alive. I'm, I'm busy now, Ryan. <laughs> You'll be busy now, but once he dies in 30 years' time, I won't be busy. or 20 years' time, you won't be busy. I'll be king of the world. I'll be fine. Oh, you're going to be John Markovich. You're going to be king of England, are you? <laughs> hey, we've grown up in oh, uh, a Commonwealth country, Australia. Mm-hmm. Like Charlie Commonwealth, where the queen is ever-present. She's on our money. She's... We have a holiday dedicated to her birthday, even though that's not it, the yeah, day of her birth. It's not. It's like because her birthday is really close to a, her birthday is really close to another public holiday. Yeah, we just we just say let's pick a Monday somewhere in June. Yeah, I think it's June, right? I think it keeps switching around. It's, it's June now. Well. It's probably going to happen oh, soon. Yeah, it'll be up in a few days. But it, we've grown up in the common Commonwealth uh, based country, and this film deals with the idea of a transition from uh, leaders. We've grown up our whole entire lives with Queen Elizabeth II. Do you think it's going to be really weird when we have to change that? She's been there since the 1950s. So our parents probably too, right? Yeah. 
Mm. Oh, yeah, 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 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you think it's going to be really, really weird when it's going to be, like, Charles and then William? Because Charles is so old now. Like, by the time he gets to be king, he'll be king for, like, two years and then die. Like I told you just before, they're on my radar about as much as, or even less than John Malkovich. Even so. one day you're going to have money that will have Charles on it, and then the next day it will have William on it. Like, like, well, in our lives, we've always just had Queen Elizabeth on it. Like, we've never had to worry about, it's like, it's just the one constant, like, will our public holiday change? When it's, like, his birthday and then William's birthday? I hope not, because around half the year, um... That's you're, what... you're praying for Queen Elizabeth's birthday when you're like, oh, well, I love that day. Well, it, it's because in Australia, like, most of our public holidays are in the first half of the year. And then, the then there's nothing. nothing. Then there's, like, Melbourne Cup in November and then... If you're from Melbourne. If you're in Victoria. Oh, that's right, yeah. I'm so we Melbourne We don't get centric. a proper... Yeah. In New South Wales, we don't get, like, the proper day off we... like you guys do. Yeah, well, you, you've been living here, but, uh, I've but you, haven't, you haven't come to high school, though, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, we just missed the Japanese line. Oh, which apparently in actual Japanese is um, not bottoms, but penises. I actually had an interesting thing about that. So, you know that I consume a lot of Japanese. I thought they were going to say penises. Um, I consume <laughs> a lot of Japanese penises, media. Um, <laughs> so, when you do that, you kind of pick up little words here and there. And I actually did hear the word for penis in what he said. And I was like, did he just say penises? But then the subtitle was like, oh, well, clearly I was wrong because it says it doesn't Bottoms. have the word penis. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm so silly. I heard, I thought I heard the word for penis. No, I'm but then not... in the trivia, it was like, oh, it actually. You were right. You, yeah. were, you were vindicated. Um, I imagine he did speak Japanese. Like, Rowan Atkinson actually spoke Japanese. He did, yeah. Oh, that's good. Like, I picked up a few words of what he said. and I was It like, wasn't oh, just yeah. some other guy doing he, it. He like... started with one of the forms of you. I heard the word for daughter. I heard the suffix that indicates plural, three daughters. Um, and then I heard chinchin, which I was like, oh, penis? Oh, no, they didn't mention penis. I'm wrong. But no, I picked up a few words that he said. Well, that's that's great. Now, was there, other than the funeral scene, yeah. um, a comedic moment that was a highlight for yourself? Um, well, like I said, I, I definitely remembered a lot of things in this, like the climbing up the pipe. I remembered the room full of guys just sitting next to each other shitting and farting. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't happen, does it? Yeah. I mean, have you ever been in a room like that? Never seen. I've had... I've probably had awkward dreams where it's happened. I'm like, oh, that's disturbing. <laughs> I like that. I've probably had dream. Like, I've probably had dreams about. That. Isn't that like a common thing? Like dreaming about doing something personal and private in public. Like that's it's like a nightmare. I imagine thing. so. I don't remember my dreams, so oh, dreams yeah, don't, don't affect yeah. me the way others <laughs> get affected by dreams. It's like people, like my 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 girlfriend or or friends or family, will be like, oh. I had this dream, and it relates to these issues I've been having at late. And I'm like, wow, that's so interesting I don't, that your I don't, brain can work like that. I don't that. relate it to issues, but I, well, I sometimes, just remember some Sometimes, you know, like, you can oh, go... Th there's definitely probably I'm a having, psychologist can connect with something. I swear, but... like, sometimes, you know, like, with some people, like, you know, I'm having all these dreams that involve anxiety because I'm very anxious right now about study or about work and blah, 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 blah. But, like, yeah... I, I never connect my dreams. I just think about them. Yeah, but you can do that. Well, me, I'm just in there like, wow, 
I remember my dreams. I wake up and it's like I was just blacked out. Maybe my dreams. I've said this on the podcast before. Maybe my dreams are so terrifying that my brain is trying to warn me not to think about them. Being like, no, no, no. You don't want to go down that alley again, man. It's all just used and abused copies of Johnny English DVDs <laughs> on the ground and nobody wants to pick them up. And you're trying to pick them up, but but you can't because you're too far away. I, I will say this. Uh, this sequence here where he's parachuting and when he goes inside the hospital and, you know, makes the mistake of wrong skyscraper. Mm. I forgot about that until I watched it. And I'm like, that's right. I remember this. There's going to be the old guy with the... The, uh, the UV yeah. on the wheel thing. Yeah, with the drip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot about it as I was watching the film, but then when it came up to it, I was like, yes, I remember this. Um, I did think that was one of my favorite little c- comedy bits, him here in this moment, where it's clearly a hospital, but like, <laughs> I, I, I like the old man. He's just like, he's totally along with the ride. He's not scared. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, off he goes. <laughs> like, and how Johnny even acknowledges for the well, very few times he does the failure that he is. Because after this sequence, he goes down and he... He, he like, cringes He himself. cringes yeah. at his own futility. Like mm. He plays it cool to his sidekick, but when he's by himself, he knows what he's done. He's very self-aware once he's got his realizations done. Yeah, he's self-aware when he is, but when he isn't, he isn't. Yeah, like, throughout the whole film, he doesn't realise that he caused the death of the agent at the beginning of the film. Yes, that is a, that is something, too. He is responsible for the deaths of every single spe- secret agent in the British service. Well, specifically the first one, but then it led to an event where the rest But he was ambushed. responsible for the second one because he was the head of the security for that event. Yeah, and he let a guy with a bomb come through. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's that? oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, so he is responsible for the death of every single other agent, not by pure like. He's by not indirect... the perpetrator, but he he had the responsibility indirectly. He is responsible. Yet they promote him <laughs> because he's like the only one they have left, or something. He's... Was it? What about Ben Miller? Is he not an agent? Well, he works with him, so I guess it's by association. But he's not promoted. <laughs> I, I guess not. He's yeah. still like where he's, what what like we still we only have one agent left. Oh, and Ben Miller. <laughs> like, what? Maybe he has a different role or something. Hey, wouldn't it be a plot know. twist if Ben Miller's actually just a janitor who's just <laughs> been dragged along? Hyper competent janitor who's oh, training that, that to doctor be. Doctor was very happy before he saw the gun. Well, he was like, ha, ha, ha. he was having a really good. You night. know why? He saw the test results for this old man, and he's like, yep. It's definitely breast cancer. <laughs> I would be happy too if I heard that, whether it was about someone I knew or if it was about me. He just was like, ah, oh, any reference to the room makes me happy. This it was 2003. Wow. Simil- wow. Tommy was so could have been watching this and got inspired. Mm. You know? He well, got- what's, the, what's the closest kind of connection we could draw between the room and Johnny English? Well, um, Mr. Bean... At the, the main beginning. character of this film, yes. You know, but hold on, you want connections, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll do it the long way then. Yes! Johnny English is played by Rowan Atkinson, who has portrayed the character of Mr. Bean. At the start of every Mr. Bean episode, he is dropped by aliens. <laughs> or God, but mostly aliens, I defer. And Tommy Wiseau is an alien. So, um, that's case right. Closed. The Newgrounds, the room game did specify that. And life. <laughs> and life. <laughs> 
this is a special class of bad filmmakers that are just aliens, like Neil Breed, Tommy Wiseau, those guys, the the two that made Troll 2. No, no, they're Italian. Yeah, but like, where they just have such ineptitude of the human condition that they are in fact aliens. Yeah, their lack of self-awareness. Less so the Troll 2 people, because they just seem like people who are just really annoyed to be making a movie. While Tommy and Neil Breen really want to make movies, yeah, that, but they well, the, don't understand how humans but, work. Cl- yeah, Claudio Fagasso, it's more like he's annoyed, but he also thinks that he does it well. And his wife, who his wife. wrote the movie of Troll 2. Where was she, she the was, writer or just the costume person? She came up with the idea, at least. where she Remember there's that bit in the documentary where she's like, all my friends were becoming vegetarians at the time, so I came up with a neat idea where it was like, these monsters are yeah, vegetarians because right. they I really remember pissed she was in, me off. I remember she was in the documentary. I just couldn't remember the specific I love that. That was a line that she said. Yeah, I, made I remember like, the really vegetarians. Pissed me off. Can you imagine being so spiteful at something about that that you made a whole movie that became a cult classic? I'm going to make a film about I'd love that. villains who keep interrupting people, and I'm going to be the hero. And it would be called The Unspeakables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the hero. You're like Mr. Bean. You don't get to say much. I acted in a student film called Unteachable. Were you the teacher? No, I was... The film was... Basically, we would... In our Where u- can I see this movie? Is this like... You'd in have the to, Hollywood... Is this like in the Criterion Collection? No, I you'd have to it? message a guy that I went to school with named Josh. Um, Josh? I know you're listening. He has a Give PhD a now. Dr. Josh, <laughs> give me a copy. Because in year 12 meeting, we were studying the untouchables, and Josh was a bit cheeky in that class, so he was like, I'm going to make a... Yeah, that he's a doctor, and he was cheeky. I guess he's a doctor, yeah. Um, yeah, he just decided to make a film and call it Unteachable, and it was about me, uh, like, whole monitor kind of character, trying to bust a student who was doing something illegal. What was that illegal activity? But I was like, come on, you remember reading the script? <laughs> I th- there was a script. I remember there was. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of a school-made movie, a high school-made movie with a script yeah, yeah, cracks me yeah. up. Cracks me up. And he filmed it all with his phone. But it, it was, but it, was did actually, it look good? It actually looked because very good. Because some movies now, like, are all shot on, like, iPhones. Yeah, like that it looked new really one good. By, um, Forgetting his name, but the guy who made uh, Lucky Logan and the Oceans movies made a new movie this year called Unsane, where he shot it all on an iPhone. Oh, okay. And it, yeah, it was, it was 2011, and it looked really good. He used, like, a... A Nokia? It was surprising that he got that good quality. <laughs> no, that was my phone. Um, yeah, he used, like, a, a normal desk chair as a dolly at one point. Just, oh, that's and, cute. And it, looked, and it worked really well. That reminds me of, in the TV show Better Call Saul, he does the exact same thing, where he's like... I want to get this, like, dolly shot, but I can't figure out he's shooting in this old woman's house and he sees one of those, um, those, um, chairs, like, lift up, uh, up the stairs. Mm. And he's like, oh my god, and he just straps the camera to that and just puts <laughs> it down and it works. Yeah. It looked great. There was a point in, there was a point in the film where, um, I had to open a locker to show a teacher, like, oh, I'm gonna bust this guy, but the locker was, like, empty and the teacher looked at me disappointed and it was from the perspective inside the locker. And I said we should use my locker. It's very, it's got, it's very spacious mm. because my locker was always one of the neater ones. So when the teacher looked inside, he's like, "Bartek, this is a really neat locker." Yeah. I was like, "Yes, I keep it clean." Now, can I talk about something that's very important in this movie? The fact that they didn't want to use Ireland. Well, they know, used yeah. Northern Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Pascal Savage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what would really 
get you nail him down, like for Johnny to beat him. A real nail? No, a little thing that um, a certain policeman in oh, the Flipper would really E-word. love, which is evidence. Johnny needs evidence, and there's 15 million times in which he could acquire evidence and chooses not to or is given the runaround not to get evidence. Now, I proposition you this idea. If we had to get a character from any other movie to play Johnny English's boss, it would be, um, what's his name from Flipper? Oh, fuck. Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes as the chief in Flipper because he was all about evidence while the and you know the evidence in this one wouldn't necessarily be science and every time they see him he's on his boat still though (laughs) (laughs) he's like oh man I need evidence Johnny (laughs) he's like on his boat and Paul Hogan's there too that looks like a fish a dolphin that's a big fish you got there it's actually a mammal it's a dolphin Um, I see a dolphin I need evidence, Johnny. What evidence have you got me? None. And that's where it's okay for him to say, well, that's not enough. (laughs) Because in Flipper, he has an abundance of evidence that he could use to prosecute. You know that that was almost 90 episodes ago, Ryan? You know what's even funnier? Hmm? He's still waiting for that evidence (laughs) for Flipper. He hasn't prosecuted anyone. He's like, where's that evidence, guys? He's been waiting. Elijah Wood has gone to Mount Doom and back. To get evidence, and he still hasn't got enough for for him, and he's dead now. Um, Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes, and he's still waiting in whatever Scientology heaven is. I don't know what Scientology's equivalent of heaven is. I think Zenu's they just Zenu's house. I, <laughs> the Zenu crib. <laughs> Do you remember this iconic sequence in which we get the physical comedic brilliance of Rowan Atkinson with muscle relax- relaxing agents injected into his body? Yeah, I watched the film yesterday. It was pretty good, didn't it? Like, yeah. what do you think he's trying to say? Did uh, we find out what he was trying to get at? Sorry, I was looking at you this whole time, so I kind of missed it. But they were researching something. No, but, like, he was, like, to to get Pascal, he was like, you gotta get blah, blah, blah. DVD, like, maybe disc? And they, they never did. They never did. He get eventually that. gets a DVD. Of himself. Yeah. Look, I, you know what I love about that? Pascal Savage at that point in the movie, has been like, ah, I've outsmarted Johnny English. He's out of the case. He's off the case. I better go to... I'm not doing the French accent. I should do it. That's fine. I am off to my case. (laughs) I am off to my case. No, he's like, I better gather up all the world's biggest and richest criminals to a meeting. I've got to get the DVD for um, the presentation. I should grab the Johnny one, too, just for a laugh. It's like, well, when he grabbed it, you saw that there were, like, three other DVDs there. So it was more like he carries around all the DVDs he has. Yeah, but that's not very professional, which his character is very professional. Like, can you imagine if he accidentally put that in during the meeting? And he's like, oh, guys, I'm so sorry. And then some guy's like, I'm not here to take the piss. I'm a real English gangster. And that's how he speaks with a French accent. Well, maybe maybe he was showing all of those at some point. Like, we had this agent named Johnny English. And get this. Here's a video of him. Get this. He likes ABBA. And then you see one of the actual members of ABBA is one of the criminals. And they're like, what's so? funny and they get up and storm out that Benny, would be a come great back. cameo yeah so he like showed them 
all the other DVDs and be like, okay, here's my ad for, you know, where I talk about I'm going to be king or whatever. Here's the DVD of the prison. Here's the DVD of the English agent. Let's have a laugh at him for a second. This guy tried to stop me. Isn't that funny? Maybe that's the reason why he had it. I do love also that there is a fiddle band at this party. Did you notice them? I, I definitely... All the music's being played by fiddles. I remember in this scene liking the music. I don't necessarily remember the instruments. You just... All of them were women in gorgeous, like, ball gowns and dresses playing the fiddle. Were they a specific band? Because in the trivia that mentioned there was, like, a band. I didn't recognize them, but if I had... If you had to give them a name mm-hmm. as an all-female fiddle band, what would their name be to you? If you were their manager and you're like... All right, ladies, I've got to give you a name because your name right now isn't very good. It's not going to sell tickets. It's not going to sell those CDs. I've got to give you a real oomphy name. What would that name be? Fid Girls, short for Fiddle Girls. That's very good. I was going to call them Spice Fiddles because this is riding off the wave of Spice Girls. And there'll be some foolish teenage girls like... <gasps> The Spice Girls are doing a fiddle album. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) And then they listen to it and they're like, where's Posh? Where's Sporty? See, look, there they are in the background. Fiddle Girls. Hmm. Oh, that's a great joke there. And Johnny's just like, uh, and I'll remove the hands. That's very, oh, slamming up up against uh, glass. Poor Boff. He didn't even do anything. Go home. And he does. I love that. So he did do something. He obeyed. He's like a dog. He yeah. obeys. The, the shot where he suddenly started dancing with the boss reminded me of the Mr. Bean's Christmas special where he's playing with the with nativity the pol- scene. And then the policeman grabs a little <coughs> police song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's playing with the Dalek and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought about that too. That was one of my favorite Mr. Bean gags growing up. Uh, my favorite Mr. Bean gag... Oh, there's so many. There are. I love the one where he's decided to paint his apartment. And he has to wrap all of the important things in newspaper, even the fruit. And he sticks dynamite into a bucket of paint. I love that. Just the childlike innocence of the idea that that would work. Mm. And then the painter comes in and he walks out. You see like his imprint and his shoe marks. And it's like, what happened here? (laughs) I love that. That whole idea. That is one of the best. That or... The amount of nonsense that he has in his pencil case when he's doing that that te- test. Yeah. That was the first episode, right? Yeah, and he has, like, was it the Pink Panther? Pink Panther, yeah. Uh, did he have a Clouseau as well? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he had all of them there. And it's just, like, any... It reminds me of, um, in The Young Ones, the TV show The Young Ones, they have, like, a... I don't know if it's connected, because they all were into... Like, they're all connected, those those comedians. But, they're like, in The Young Ones, Neil's, like, he failed his assignment or whatever, his exam, because he was, like, you know, he's, like... Man, you know, I just ran out of time. I opened up my pencil case and I grabbed out my pencil and my spare pencil and my sharpener and my extra sharpener and my retractor and all this kind of stuff and my gogs and my extra gogs and my emergency backup gogs. It's like all these things he's grabbing out. And then they said, pencils down, test over. It's like, that's what it makes me think of when I see that bit in Mr. Bean. I'm like, I just think of Neil from the Young Ones doing the exact same bullshit. I focused on trigonometry. That's one of the things about the Mr. Bean movies I hate. They make him talk too much. Mm. That's what the animated series gets right. 
they don't make him talk. They make I've, him do noises. I've actually never seen anything of the anime series. It's good. Series. It's yeah. good. It's very good. Teddy's more of a character. He has an actual um antag. He like he has neighbors that are like the landlord lady. It's a cute little kids show. It's very good, and it's Rowan Atkinson doing the voice. Oh, that's cool. Stuff doing the noises like. <laughs> you know, they do the animation well like it's really gross as well because they animate his face I've def- realistically I've seen, I've seen his face they animate times, that yeah. as realistically as they can while everyone else just has normal generic cartoony faces but his one is like we gotta get this right <laughs> the, the nose the mole everything do you think Mr. Bean's human well, because he gets dropped you, off by aliens did, at the beginning. Yeah. Well, and sometimes they also make it sound like maybe it's God. Well, but it's because they had the choir singing. Yeah, and I, I always thought it was aliens when I was growing up. But then sometimes I would have like, thought maybe... God because there there were ga- a couple of gags where he goes to a church. Like, uh, admittedly, yeah, that first episode he went to a mass, and the two specials that I was talking about are from this decade. So, but... are you saying that he's an angel? I'm not, I don't know a about fallen angel. angel. <laughs> he's definitely fallen from some holy place. I think he's an alien. Xenu's crib, maybe? Who knows? If they revealed that he was an alien, I would not be at all surprised. Because well, he doesn't understand yeah. how humanity works. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, even like the funeral thing, the whole thing was basically him looking at what other people do and then copying them. Do you remember when he had a girlfriend? Yes. And I believe her name was Irma. And then she dumped him on Christmas because he was too much of an idiot by sticking his head inside of a turkey. Mm. And all that, the giant turkey. Yeah, I had a book that was called, like, Mr. Bean's Diary. And obviously it wasn't a novel or anything. It was literally, like, one of those diary things. But, like, every day of the year was him writing something. And I've read it a few times. It was very funny. I had that one as well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and he became interested in entomology or something. Yeah, uh, he was crazy. There but... was a long period with nothing. And then eventually, I found my diary. Rowan Atkinson is a talent. He's a treasure. And it's great to see that this new Johnny English movie is coming out. It's been a while since I've seen him in anything that I can think of. Mm. Last time we had him on the show was Scooby-Doo, right? We haven't had him on for any yeah. other movie. Yeah. This is his first leading one. Again, Scooby-Doo, I think I commented in it that he was wasted potential in that. Mm. They didn't know what to do with him in that movie, which was unfortunate because you could get a lot of yes, great mileage the... out of having him as your antagonist. Yes, but in the commentary, one of the male leads referred to him as a pimp. He's looking like a pimp in this film. He did. Yeah. He was He was, He was. was a bowler. You know, Rowan Atkinson's... Look, physical comedy greatness. He got his coat stuck in the door. That's classic comedy. And how does he get it out? Keys, but we don't see it. Maybe he's still stuck there. I don't know. I see a car, but is he in it? Yeah, we don't know. Is this the same? Ooh. That's not him. That's not him. That's Johnny Malkovich as um, Pascal Savage. Is that a joke? Like, you know, sometimes when you have bad guys, when they have like foreign names and they give them like a joke name, is his name just a normal name? Pascal Savage? Or is that like well, a joke so, on something? Well, Savage kind of sounds like savage. Yeah, but he's not. Well, yeah, but it's like, you know, savage is something you'd use to describe, like, a villain. And Pascal? It's French. They, they play up the fact that he's French. Do they, though? They do, and Rowan, even, uh, sorry, Johnny in this film doesn't seem to like the French very much. No, and that's why he is right from the very beginning, because you should not trust the French. <laughs> this movie is about learning that sometimes intolerance... Can be the right answer. Ryan, even Ocelot in Metal Gear Solid 2 mentioned that he doesn't like the French. No one likes the French. The only thing they're good for is being invaded. (laughs) 
according to Johnny English himself. You know what I really liked? Australia. Oh, okay. In this movie. Do you remember Australia's representation in this movie? Yes. <laughs> we apparently are represented by a bunch of guys in the back of their ute watching this on a little TV. And we get the best, one of the best jokes of the movie, which is when um, he uh, removes the uh, underpants and flashes the arse of them, the, uh, what was it, the Archbishop of Canterbury or whatever. Yes, the same position that one of the Blackadders had at one point. Yes. Uh the Australians laugh their asses <laughs> off, while the while well, then when India is represented, they're laughing their asses off about. They like, have a little bit of a giggle. They yeah. they laugh about um, him dancing to Abba. <laughs> uh, that says a lot about the two different countries' mentalities. Like, of course, the Australians will find that fucking funny that he's pants the arch. Well, all the English are horrified. They're like, oh my god, but we are like, yeah. we're like, <laughs> the fuck them because we fucking hate the English. Uh, as well. But... Poland would probably laugh at that as well. Poland just sitting there. Well, they're conservative, but they don't like the English. You know what they would do, though? They'll be like, ha, 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 we're taking all your plumbing and industry jobs. <laughs> In the next decade. <laughs> throughout this decade. <laughs> and all the hospitality jobs. We're taking all the jobs. We're the Mexicans of this we're North America. We're the ticks of Europe. The <laughs> ticks of Europe. There's bloodsuckers, and there's a Polish person listening to this who's struggled through adversities just to get to England to get a job, and they're like, that was not funny, and then they shut off the podcast. I don't abide by what he said. He does not speak for me. I do not speak Polish. I take no regrets. Are you just translating for me? No, I'm I'm just... I'm just being reassuring to our Polish uh, hypothetical listener that you're Come on, guys. Come on. Just just admit it. You're the ticks of Europe. It's okay. I'm a, I'm a fellow tick, but of Australia, you know, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. We're the ticks of podcasts. We're, we're, we're just watching a movie and having fun. If you keep watching from this point, Rowan Atkinson's about to be covered in Gówno. And that, of course, means... Shit. Oh, really? Yes. It sounds like a stew. Gówno. Do you want some gówno? Oh, that's disgusting, Ryan. Right in your mouth? Oh, Ryan. In between your teeth? Ryan. You have to get a toothpick to get the chunky bits out? I mean, that is logical, so I won't, you know, hold that against you, but disgusting. You know, you might get a little bit on your nose. Now you're being disgusting. And you have to wipe it off with your finger. We're not brown noses. And then, you know, you got a little bit on your beard and you have to, like, but you can't tell because your beard's brown and you're like, oh, I can't tell. Is it white? Is this beard? Evan Almighty again? We're talking about anal beards? Anal beards. Uh, look, i talking about anus shot. Look at that. That was right up his butthole shot. Just get rid of the pants and that would have been right. Have you not seen Ron Atkinson without trousers? I do like the callback later on. It's like, there was a perfectly good ladder you could use. <laughs> yes. Rowan At- Johnny English is really mean. <laughs> Poor boff. Oh, look, they're all pooping together. Is this like their poop break? The bad guys only allow them one poop break and they all have to take it? I mean, the fact that they're all using it simultaneously hints that. Also, does that one thing flush all the toilets? That's a good So this point. is like, and that pipe leads to, like, is that a pipe that connects from all the other toilets into one pipe that emits all the shit? Th- that would be an implication, yeah. Oh, look at that. Right on his big old nose. Because because he's coming out of one of the generally middle ones. Isn't and it? it's the same one that um Ben Miller comes out of as well later. Mm. Spoiler, Ben Miller comes out of it as well. I do love the fact that they do set up the idea that um he's covered in shit 
and his gun's covered in shit, so that later, when he tries to fire his gun, shit comes out of his gun. And I do like that they have the little uh, shower bit so that they can justify him being clean for the rest of the scene. Cleanish. Cleaner, yeah. Uh, you know what I also think? Uh, Johnny is... Cleanish. <laughs> yeah, here's something. I'm not an expert on guns, because in Australia, we don't really have them like the Americans do, you know? In Australia... Thanks, John Howard. <laughs> Johnny English. Johnny Howard. He, um, what I was going to say was, I'm not used to guns. So if you dunked a gun in poo, would it not be able to fire? Well, Would I, it explode in your hand? Like, what would go on? Well, I think the the stretch of logic for this film is the fact no, that... No, I don't want stretch of logic. I want facts. The fact of logic in this film would be that he wasn't holding his gun when when the poop came in. So... I would imagine he holstered or something, so the hole would have been covered. But for the sake of a gag... Not the know. poo hole, though. That's open because it's dropping the poo. The poo hole. Oh, yes, yes. The toilet bowl equivalent in this case. Oh, I meant the anus. <laughs> ah, the anus. No, he had pantus on. <laughs> so here's his plan. We're going to get all of these prisoners and put them here. <gasps> oh, my it's God. Like a SpongeBob that's gag. crazy. Uh, he's a crazy man, and I will be crowned king. I will turn England into the largest prison in the history of the world, except for Australia. I don't know. This seems like a ripoff of Arkham City. Which is in itself a ripoff of Escape from LA, which is a ripoff of Escape from New York. Which is a ripoff of Metal Gear Solid. No. No, he says. You know you know that Metal Gear Solid is Is a sequel to Metal Gear. <laughs> is in, you know Metal Gear and all that's inspired by... John Carpenter movies and shit. Yes, I know, I know. Don't you come in here and bring up Metal Gear and think that you're going to skate by when you brought up Metal Gear Solid 2 earlier and I didn't give you instant anger. I've just been simmering on it since you well, mentioned it. Well, I didn't it. mention... I... Yes, you did. You said Ocelot said that he didn't like French yeah. people in Metal Gear Solid 2. And did you have a specific problem with that part of Metal Gear Solid 2? No, I love that part of Metal Gear Solid exactly. 2. But this then that me... part amplifies how much I hate the rest of Metal <laughs> Gear Solid 2. And my anger is so focused right now. But Ryan, the About my anger... Oh, about my anger of Metal Gear Solid 2, that what's his name, the creator of Metal Gear Solid? Hideo Kojima. Got kicked out of Metal Gear Solid, and now they're he just He got made... kicked out of Konami. Yeah, but he doesn't make Metal Gear Solid now. Because Konami owns the exactly. franchise. Exactly. And they do nothing with it. Did they make, like, a survival okay, game where you just build fences and then zombie creatures break fences and then you build more fences? Yep. And they made a remake of Metal Gear Solid 3 as a pachinko machine. When I was growing up and I played Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation 1 and it had all of this amazing, all these amazing gameplay and story ideas, I always thought... Man, I wish this could be a game in which it's a fence-building simulator. Like, I wish that this would go there one day. But, Ryan, survival games are in now, not Instead of progressing into really unique gameplay with weird storytelling and all of that... No, I just wish it would be a pachinko game. You know, like, I really wish that these would progress to the point in which the auteur game maker got kicked out because he was too much of an auteur. I think after this episode, I have to show you some cutscenes from the Metal Gear Solid 1 remake on the GameCube. Because wow. they do some crazy shit there. Metal Gear Solid was a crazy game, but then they get crazier and crazier. Yeah, and the GameCube one includes some ridiculous things in the cutscenes. Isn't, like, Metal Gear Solid 5 
Phantom Pain, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Doesn't that, like, in one of the opening scenes, start with, like, a fucking horse that's on fire running at you or some bullshit? That's, yeah, the and prologue. You're, and you're just supposed to be like, take this take this as it is. Don't question it. It's We might explain it. Fuck you. <laughs> like, yes, but that's actually sort of relevant to the mission in the sense that it's chasing you and there's a gameplay sequence where you have to hold it back. The giant flaming whale does not get explained at all in that mission. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. So, um, it's Johnny yeah, like, that English... That was like a leftover gag from, like, one of the joke trailers before the game was announced. <laughs> Is Johnny English the Metal Gear Solid of spy spoof comedies? If... If something that came before it can be the Metal Gear, then yes, I'm sure. Well, um, well, I guess you'd have to go um, like Spy, Spy Hard and Naked Gun or something. Spy Hard. Naked Gun's more of a cop detective. That's a good point. Yes. Spoof. Yes. Spy ones. You have Spy <laughs> uh, with Melissa McCarthy. Spies she... like us, maybe. Spies like us. That's a good one too. I have to rewatch. I have it on DVD. Um, Austin Powers. Um. <laughs> Uh, I haven't heard of Austin Powers. Uh, well, it's this really interesting Mike Myers movie that was the one that kind of um, launched his, like, made his mm. career. And Sexually Awakened You, right? Yes. Austin Powers, wow. Um, I've mentioned that before <laughs> in the podcast in which uh, Heather Graham Mike was Myers. my sexual awakening. And I remember we did a podcast with a, a, a guest. Who, hold on, guest. I will introduce you. God. Our uh, guest Saurabh, who complained that um, Austin Powers 1 wasn't my sexual awakening. Like, you have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he's like, what? Elizabeth Hurley did wake you up. I was like, dude, I was four when that, when, like, that one yeah, came out. You, you had to, you had to watch the second one with Fat Bastard. Yeah. You know that scene where he's like naked? You want some chicken? I have some here. <laughs> was that I have some fa- more. Was that your Fat Bastard impression? No, it was just me putting on... A voice. I guess if I was doing an impression, you want some chicken? I got some more over here. That's pretty good. You got it better that time. Well, now, I was actually you, trying. Now do, now, do your Felicity Shagwell impression. Uh, Felicity uh, Shagwell. I, I, Shagwell by name, Shag very well by reputation. That was good. Now, now, now do it again, but I'll give you the lead intro music to it. American woman! Felicity Shagwell. Shagwell by name, Shag very well by reputation. Have you seen the film clip to American Woman? It's just Heather Graham on a car with a fan blowing her very light t-shirt as she crawls over the American flag and shit. It's great. Mm. And the car is on a stadium in the middle of the desert. For no reason. It does not at all relate to the Austin Powers movie at all, other than Heather Graham's in it. That's it. That's all it relates to. It's beautiful. And if you had to give that music video a rating... A 10 out of 10. <laughs> okay, I thought It so. had Heather Graham in it. <laughs> Any project with Heather Graham in it, usually a 10 out of 10. Right She's on. a treasure. She's not in this movie. We get um, Natalie Imbruglia, who... Um, well, this the, was her we get the first, Archbishop of Canterbury. This was her first film, Natalie. Yes, I did read that. Feature, yeah. feature debut. Mm. And... Um, it, it it's great, you know. She hasn't gone on to much acting. She's kind of stopped since 2015. Well, Ryan, no wonder she's not Australian in this film. She doesn't look like the Australians that are depicted. Oh, you mean the same Australians that appear in the uh, the uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movies? Have you ever seen those? The uh... My mum has, I haven't. Where are they from again? 
the original ones? What language are they? The uh, Norwegian or whatever? I believe they are like Danish. Danish. They're they're Nordic of some sort. Okay, so the best subtitle work ever in my life is I've seen is in the girl's Jagged Tattoo where they cut to Australia and she's like getting a lift from a on a plane from an Australian guy and and she's like oh I need help with this can you help me with that and he's like yeah darling I can help you with that and this translation cuts to yes that, that's the subtitle <laughs> yes <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> he's like yeah darling I can help you with that Yes. <laughs> Just subtitles. Cut to the meat of the situation. Cut through that to the bone. The answer is yes. In an alternate universe where this film is exactly the same, except that the Australians are depicted by realistic, like, Aboriginal people, how would their scenes go? Well, it, by traditional Aboriginal people, they would ask them not to film them because they believe that the ca- <laughs> camera captures their soul. I'm not laughing about that idea. I'm just laughing about the fact that the filmmakers wouldn't care. They just they... leave in people not wanting to be filmed. And they're like, you've captured my soul. And they're just like, we're English. We don't care about your rights. We're colonial bastards. Sorry, English listeners. I know you've switched off by now by hearing that, but well, it's no, true. right. You have to apologize to them in their national language, like I did. Hey, hey, chip, chip. There we go. <laughs> There's a great um, film called Fancy Pants, in which a guy is an English guy, and he's an old man, and he speaks complete and utter gibberish throughout the whole entire movie. Uh-huh. Like, but the thing is. You turn the subtitles on and they tell you what he's saying. And this is a movie in the 1950s. And then you can actually hear that he's actually saying these things. But he's saying it like... Like one time they ask him, Well, what's the difference between the tea that you're drinking? And he goes... And you like, hear that and you're like, He's saying absolutely nothing. But he's actually saying, Well, the English tea depends on the climate of the weather. Why, you see, the Chinese tea depends on the climate of the temperature. So it's, like, it's uh, exaggerated to the point of incomprehension. But he's actually speaking yeah. actual words. It's one of the most brilliant uses of utter gibberish of a language. Because sometimes you have those comedians who's like, I'm just going to speak Swedish. Like uh, the two Ronnies, they te- teach you how to speak Swedish. So you just use two letters. Mm. So it's like, you know, you want to speak Swedish, use the letter C and T and just say that for C-T. And then, you know, mm. I feel P-T. And then it's like, oh, look, this woman has nice. And then they just censor it. Like, you're like <laughs> the, you see the broadcast gets cut off. Oh, uh, yeah, T-T, yeah. T-T. <laughs> yeah, that thing that you were mentioning... Ratchet and Clank did a the third game did a weird thing where if you turn on the subtitles, one thing that's said in complete ridiculous noises actually does have an English translation. Which but, is the greatest thing ever. Yeah, that was weird because it's it's not a thing that's acknowledged in any way unless you've turned the subtitles on. Imagine if you did that for Star Wars and they did that with the Wookiees. Imagine if they did that for, for imagine, a holiday special in no, which they didn't give them subtitles. Imagine if they did that for District Nine. Yeah, my friend Zaki downloaded a legal copy of District 9 without subtitles. And he was like, it was really good because, you know, they let us, the audience, kind of interpret what they were saying. Like, make your own interpretation. I'm like, no, you idiot. Oh, my God, there's a bottom. Do you think it's actually that actor's butt? Well, yeah, he's a professional. But do you think it, actually- it does look very smooth for an old man, I guess. Do you, Have you seen a lot of old men's bottoms? I may have said too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
I've given myself away. <laughs> My mission is compromised. Command, get me out of here. <laughs> you see a helicopter? Do it. Do it. Execute him. So, <laughs> I think we're about to get the director cameo, according to the trivia. No, John Malkovich isn't the director. No, no. Come app- on. Apparently the man that Boff tells to play the DVD is the director. Oh, really? That's what the trivia said, I think. Oh, oh well, good on you, Boff. Letting the director have a go. The, also, Ryan the trivia said his daughter the has a cameo. He, yeah, this guy that he threatened to play the. Oh, DVD, that apparently. poor, that poor director. Oh, he did threaten him. He pointed the gun. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's called a threat yeah. with a bullet. I just forgot that part. On one of our previous podcasts, you we were like asking each other which one's sharper, a bullet or a sword, and we both agreed a bullet. I don't remember. I remember there was one time where I said a dart was worse than a bullet because it's sharp. Yes. Now we both agreed a bullet because if a bullet is propelled at you, it will rip through you more than a sword would. So it is sharper by nature. What episode was this? I don't know. Was it a sword film? Go back in our catalogue of sword films and listen to each one. Did and your tell highness me. have a sword? Yeah, your highness had like a famous sword of some sort. And nails. Mm. You know what? Plot twist. It was Johnny English. I just brought it up. <laughs> I just wanted to make it sound like we had a conversation about this. Do you, ooh, do you like seeing Rowan Atkinson's dick flopping about in his underpants while he dances? You know what, Ryan? That this is... isn't the first time we've witnessed this before. It's a nice lives. little rewatch bonus. Boner. That's actually a pretty good observation there, Ryan. I meant like, yeah. you have that scene in Mr. Bean where he's dancing for Mr. money. Peen. Where he's dancing for, like, money and he's doing, like, you know, like, the pockets coming out of his trousers and all. You remember that? Is this from the second movie? No, in the TV series, there's the classic bit where he needs some money, so he gets his handkerchief and flops it out and unfolds it, and he just starts doing his silly little Mr. Bean dance in the street, and he's like... That sounds familiar. Opening, yeah. like, he's taking, like, he's turning pocket inside out, and he's, like, doing the little dance, like, ooh, and it gets to the point where he's, like, basically just, like, everyone's engaged with this activity for no apparent reason, because <laughs> look at this insane <laughs> man... Try to do this. Rowan Atkinson's crazy. And I feel like this movie may be an unappreciated masterpiece because people were expecting Mr. Bean. The Chinese were. (laughs) And the Brazilians. Portuguese. The Portuguese. I think that's one of the weaknesses, unfortunately, for Rowan, is he has to um, acknowledge uh, forever his career will be... um, It's a blessing and a curse of Mr. Bean. I personally see past that. For me, I always see uh, Rowan Atkinson. Like, I enjoy his... uh, 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 stage performances as well like oh, where he does yeah, the devil yeah. i performed that as a monologue in high school toby if you like toby if you like <laughs> that was a good one uh I, you know i love that it's like uh christians christians yes i'm sorry i'm afraid the jews were right <laughs> so if you could uh line up over there wasn't his uh the principal sketch did wasn't that one of like the first acting things that he yeah. showed people? I also like he's really good physical comedian again. Where mime when he does miming, it's like a great one where he's just pretending he's drumming. All he's doing is just sitting there looking oh, like yeah, he's yeah, playing the drums, that, yeah. and it's just so believable. That's some really good mime work. Is that the uh, not the principal one, but the teacher one where he's calling out? students' names. Well, I think there are two versions. One where he's, he's a, a teacher, one where he's a few different ones where he plays a headmaster and teacher and he's yeah. like, yeah, he's playing... He's insane. I think people were expecting more insanity of physical comedy and stupidity like Mr. Bean. Hence the Chinese and the Brazilians. 
marketed as a Mr. Bean Becomes a Secret Agent movie, which is, I think, what people were expecting. A Mr. Bean Becomes a Secret Agent. Mm. But it's kind of not it's definitely not that. definitely I remember when I saw Scooby Doo one in cinemas and Rowan Atkinson turned up. You're like, oh Mr. Whoever, Bean. I think I saw it with my mum, she said, like, Oh, look, that's Mr. Bean. I was like, Oh, okay. It's weird because I always say, Oh, it's Black Adam. Well, I definitely As was well. I, I was definitely more again, like I told you, internet age is when I got into Blackadder. So I definitely knew him as Mr. Bean first. But I definitely like Black Adam more, and that's how I think of him now more so. Yeah. Oh, Black Adam. <laughs> I love in Black Adam when he's uh, in season two, when you hear a bunch of kids calling him out outside, like, Sourpuss, Grumpy Face, and he just grabs an arrow <laughs> and like, shoots one of them. It's like, oh, mommy. <laughs> it's like, and he's like, go back to school. Yeah, mommy. I, I, for some reason, when I fir- the first few times I watched it, I always interpreted the kids saying, Poor me. No, but of uh, course it's mummy. Yeah, and he shoots them, and he's just it's like, so sing-songy, like get mommy. back to school. I love that, and he's just such an asshole. I love the fact that uh, this movie has the great idea of what happens if you put Johnny English as the king of England, <laughs> and that's how he solves the crisis. Arrest this man, and that's enough. And now that man f- is on death row. To be fair, Ryan, his last name is English. Yes. Yes. Have you ever met anyone with a last name that is like uh like that? A denomination in- of some yeah. sort? Yeah. Um I don't know. I feel like a Mr. Pole could work. Yeah. But I haven't met I don't think I've met anyone, yeah. No. Mm. What well, we have imagine what would be the weirdest one? Mr. United States of America? <laughs> you asshole. Mr. United Ameri- Arab Emirates. That would be better. <laughs> and then Mr. Antarctica. Well, that's a continent. Oh. Are there other Antarcticans? It has to be, right? No. Yeah. It's an it's inhospitable yes. land mass. So, There's only research, research stations. Yeah. So we, it has to be a denomination. Fine. Somewhere in the south of France. That's the name <laughs> of the man. Hey, you know what they say? Set up an eject button in the first act. Where he doesn't press it, and it's like, oh, missed gag. Shoot it in the third. It's ah. the it's Chekhov's eject button. And then land next to another setup gag. Which is, yeah, no, I know. I needed you to tell us. It's Ben Miller enjoying a nice poolside vacation yes. in the south of Earlier France. Earlier in the film, you, the audience, thought he could really oh, use yeah. a nice poolside <laughs> vacation in the south of France, and that's where she lands. And, then, and there's some guy reading a newspaper. And then there's some wacky cartoon character reading a newspaper. Yeah, that was random. Why'd you have him there? Because Scooby-Doo needed to make a cameo. It was owed to Rowan. That was Scooby-Doo? Yeah, cartoon character in a live-action oh, movie. Oh, cartoon ca- I see, yes. Scooby-Doo never really had, keep like, a... Keep up, keep up with it. What do you mean Scooby-Doo didn't have a cartoon? Well, Scooby-Doo you... didn't have, like, a orange afro gentleman in it, I don't think. No, but he did wear an afro in the second movie, Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, in which he went into a full disco sequence. So, get it together, Bartek. Oh, there we go. Payoff. Her and Water? That's a great payoff. I've been wanting to and see that. And then there's this guy. Yeah, whoever that guy is. Big Boss. He's the villain for the second one? I haven't seen the second one. Imagine if he was the villain in the second one. <laughs> like, like He's getting revenge for a thing that he was never actually a part of? No, 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 no. He actually did do it. Like, But he, the few he, times we saw it, it was Rowan Atkinson just being silly? No, no, he was invisible. <laughs> oh, okay. He's like, I drank that invisibility 
Oh, before we wrap up, what did you think of the Johnny English music theme by Robbie Williams? The James Bond kind of, you know how every James Bond has their James Bond song by some pop star? The song playing now? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really catchy. I did too. I'm not a Robbie Williams fan, but I did appreciate the fact that one, they did do a spoof like that where they actually had a song, but two... It was by a guy. Like, most of the James Bond songs, not all, but most of them, If I think most of them are done by women. Sung by women. The few that I've seen definitely have been by women. It's kind of cute that this is a male version. Like, this is a comedy one where it's a male doing it. It could be so easy to... Hey, why did they get Natalie Imbruglia to do it? She's a woman and a singer. Robbie, but would you buy this song? Yeah, I'll be honest, I don't remember the rhythm of how it goes, um, but when I was watching it, definitely I was really into it. Cool. Now, let's give our rating and review of the movie. I'll go first. Go ahead, I Ryan. did not like this movie when I first watched it as a young lad. I, a part of me went, man, I should have watched Desperate Housewives Episode 2, but guess what? Right, I've my still blood is boiling. I still, I still haven't watched that Episode 2 this day. Maybe one day... Bartek and I, as a group... As... I will only watch the second Now, hold on. <laughs> Bartek and I will make up for the sins of that event because Bartek has sinned. We have all sinned. Even the, <laughs> the goodest, purest guy in the world has sinned. <laughs> but that name is Jeez. me. No, 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 no. Maybe one day Bartek and I will make up for the sins of me not seeing the second episode and Bartek never watching an episode of Desperate Housewives by doing a Desperate Housewives podcast. I don't promise that we'll be doing that tomorrow, but maybe one day down the road. Hey, Bartek, do you think that'd be interesting to do? Just you and I do a Desperate Housewives podcast. We go episode by episode and we'll call it original title, Desperate House Husbands. Because we're guys. Desperate and Polish. <gasps> Spitting desperate. <laughs> you could, we could do like a retrospective show where you do the retrospective and I ask the questions to further along the argument. That's... A valid idea. No, no. You interview me as the Desperate Housewives expert. You're like, Sir Ryan, what happened in episode two, season one? And I'm like, oh boy. And that's where you have like your Vietnam flashback. Well, Johnny English threw some dog toys. <laughs> and they're like, wrong. <laughs> Gabrielle that's the first slept scene. with a gardener who was from John Tucker. Because he was John Tucker. Uh, okay, so... This movie, didn't like it originally, but I love it now. Why do I love it now? Because I've gotten older and I can appreciate the comedic brilliance of the film as well as the lead actors of Ben Miller and Rowan Atkinson. They are comedic greats for a reason. Even though Rowan Atkinson doesn't think of this film highly, nor does he think of many of his own films or films he has appeared in highly, he's a very um, reserved individual. But here I am praising his works because this one in particular is great and I'm looking forward to seeing the second one having never viewed it before I know the general gist is he comes out from a monastery and that's one of the few things I remember does kung fu and that's about it. he learns kung fu apparently and that's about it uh, mm. I'm looking forward to seeing that I'm looking forward to seeing the third one who knows maybe Bartak and I will go see the third one in the cinema Hold hands and cry with joy. Fun fact, Ryan and I have never gone to the cinema together. Haven't we? No. Haven't we? No. We've watched movies together at, like, your house, but not... Oh, uh, well, I live in the cinema, so that's kind of awkward. Yeah. yeah. I live in the uh, German cinema that they're all talking about that's very obscure. Okay, yeah. You, you pieced it together while I was going right there. Uh, if I had to give this film a rating... Yeah? 
you didn't get you didn't piece it together. Remember earlier when we made that other podcast about obscure cinemas with Oh, at a literal gen- cinema. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A literal cinema. Okay. I will have to give this film a rating of a literal cinema out of a metaphorical cinema. Literal is more solid than metaphorical, so that's over 100%. It's physical. Yeah. So, Barnsley, let's hear from you. I loved this film when I saw it in the cinema. I loved this film when I saw it again between the cinema and today. I loved the film when I watched it for the podcast. I loved the film just now, live in this recording. Simply put, I love Johnny English... (laughs) Yeah, um, you love Johnny English. So much. Why is it so funny that you love Johnny English? Is it because it's a funny movie? Take this seriously, Bartek. People have ignored this film for fifteen years, except for the Hollywood producers, writers, and directors that proceeded to make sequels. You know, you asked me a question, then you were ex- you know further extrapolated on it. My answer to that question is yes. Thank this you. This is a comedy. I find it funny. <laughs> Okay, Bartek, don't ejaculate. Just laugh. Okay? Sorry, sorry. I, I just felt like laughing like a laugh. Um, speaking of laughing, this film, comedy, great, funny, awesome. Yes, is the answer. It teaches you not all that much, to be honest, but it is a meaningful experience. We've all seen works that feature some sort of spy fiction in it, whether it's a James Bond film, whether it's one of the many spoofs like the Austin Powers, or the spying very hard, or the spies that are much like us. Or we may have seen a spoof of those spoofs, or we may have just seen a little sketch. Maybe you've played Metal Gear Solid 3. Who knows? We all have an idea of what a spy film is like. We also all may have heard of Mr. Bean, especially if you're Chinese or Portuguese speaker in Brazil. In China, they call him Silly Bean. Mm Mm-hmm. And, therefore, this film has a massive scope or range of appeal. It's on the very much appeal spectrum. And that was English, just like Johnny English. Mm. And just to tie it back to something... Yeah. The lead character's name in The Avengers, which is an English thing, was Amanda Peel, and that has appeal, just like Johnny English does. Mm, mm. It's all tying together. I appreciate Masterpiece's tapestry. The Avengers, like that film we've done on the podcast, a British film. This is a British film. English. <gasps> wow. That's a question. Wow. Yeah, whoa. Hold on a sec. I've just, I'm smacking my head just right now. I realised something. Yeah? We just did an English film. Yeah? And it didn't have Jim Broadbent in it. Yeah, well, I mean... That's why I failed. To be fair, when I first saw the Archbishop of Canterbury... You I thought it was Jim Broadbent. He looked very familiar. I was thinking, is this Jim Broadbent? <laughs> is this Emperor Palpatine? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> is this the second time I've thought someone... <laughs> I think this is the second time in the podcast I thought someone was Palpatine. The first time was Big Stan. And the idea that that he would play the Archbishop to show his ass, but he's got a smooth ass, unlike Palpatine, who would have a very wrinkly ass. You may now become the King of England. Do it. 
from my point of view, the Jedi is bad. <laughs> from my point of view, England is just as do it. From my point of view, I can see your tattoo. Oh, sorry, sorry, go on, go on. So, yeah, Jim Broadbent's not in this, by the way, and neither is Palpatine, which is an epic tragedy. What I was trying to say is that this is a great British comedy with a wide appeal. It's not, I would say, as dry as a lot of the British comedies you might think of. But it is definitely one that is funny, good, very good, quite good, and accessible to a wide range of people. Sure, there are references to... S-E-X in the film. It's pronounced Mr. Bean. Mr. Sex Bean. But... (laughs) That's the clitoris. But for all you young, cool kids out there, doing hand signs as well, just to be cool. His hand um, signs are very cool. If you're not cool, also the hip kids, um, you won't have to worry about any sort of, you know, over-sexualization going on in this film. None whatsoever. Even yeah. when girl in water, no happen. That's true. That's true. Rating? Great film. Great rating to give it. Mm. The fil- the rating that I give this film is a gaseous cinema. You gave it a physical solid cinema. I give it a gas cinema. Maybe next week... Out we'll- of? Out of the spectrum of elements that there are. Wait no, that's only that's only thirty three percent. Um, out of wow. I give it all three out of all three. Well, there you go. He nailed it there. So Bartek, you've amassed some comments from YouTube and review or two from IMDb. Is that correct? You... I never said that, but I did. Okay. How about we get those shared to us right now by you? Actually, pretty good idea. I'm nailing this yeah. like Jesus on the cross. Oh. I specified that nailing that time. Sometimes you go, nailed it like Jesus. Does he mean the carpenting, like being a carpenter, being crucified, or having sex with Mary Magdalene? You choose. St. Martha. <laughs> I may have said too much. <laughs> the fir- And I found these comments from two separate tra- uh, uploads of the trailer. Oh, good. Because together they had a decent pool to work out of, but individually not too many. The first comment is, I want to watch this movie. I mean, come on. It's Mr. Bean, dude. That's a good reason. It peer pressured me into wanting to watch it. I'm sure it did for a lot of people, and that's why it's a good comment to start with. And the perfect comment to follow it up is, When in doubt and your spirits are low, it's almost always a good idea to watch a comedy slash parody. Or in any case, rewatch. Oh, I'm sorry. Or in my case, rewatch. Oh, okay. Made me laugh, and I managed to deconnect a teensy tiny little bit. Gold in brackets. Didn't like the sequel though. Not so funny as the first one, but first one was good. They managed to deconnect. That's good. The next comment in all caps and exclamation mark. Super like. And then they just copy paste that thirty nine more times. <laughs> But fun fact, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. They may, they obviously weren't very good at copy pasting because it's like super like exclamation mark super. The like exclamation mark super is like one word. So mm. it ends on a super. So it ends on like super like, super like, super. They really had a lot to try. Try harder next time, commenter. But I see your point and I agree with it 40 I, times. I had feelings too. 
And the last comment that I grabbed from YouTube is one that clearly is from a fan that hasn't seen a lot of the more talky Rowan Atkinson films. Uh, I know who this is. It's Palpatine. And actually, it's it's pretty much what you're expecting. It's, why is Mr. Bean talking? Many question marks. Ahaha! Why is Mr. Bean talking? <laughs> Do it. See, Palpatine's the ultimate internet troll. Mm. And he made Bishop. himself his own meme. Like, here's the reason why we have all these Palpatine memes. Mm-hmm. Here's the reason. The actor, not the character. Yeah, the yeah, actor's in there like, yes, yes, I want to make myself lived forever in the memories of fine young children who forget that Revenge of the Sith is actually a fucking terrible movie. It's the most bearable out of the prequels because it's hilariously bad in comparison to the others that are just embarrassingly bad. <laughs> and we all remember that actor's name. It's Ian something. It's like Ian McDermott or McDormand. Yeah, it's something like that. I'm very close. And Ian's listening and he goes, you fucking idiot. It's Ian McFlaren. I love... It's Ian McPalpatine. Before you go on the next one, I do just... Well, IMDb's next. Yeah. I know. Before you go on the next thing... My favourite moment in all of the Star Wars, for the wrong reason, is in Revenge of the Sith, when um, Ewan McGregor slices off the legs and the arm or whatever of Anakin, and he does like a backflip <laughs> onto the dirt, and he's like on a, he's on the higher slope, and he goes, "Give it up, Anakin! You know you can't win this. I have the high ground." And it's like. Does he mean literally or, like, spiritually or ethically? What does he mean by this? I I thought you were going to talk about how he's, like, burning and dying and he's giving him this, like, yelling speech. No, I actually think that's great acting. Like, like, that moment isn't funny. I think that is genuinely a good moment where he's like, you're supposed to bring balance to the Force, not destroy it. You're my brother. It would have been more impactful if you felt like they were brothers. But my favourite is him literally, like... Give it up! I've got the high ground. It's like, does he mean literally? Because at the moment, that Maybe, high ground yeah. doesn't serve him tactically. Clever double meaning. That or only Sith deals in absolutes. That's an absolute, you idiot. Yeah, I know. That's that's something I've always harped on about. <clears throat> we get on to the IMDb reviews. Yes, I have two. Written by Jim Broadbent. And I've picked a negative and a positive. You have to have two sides of the coin, guys, because not everything's positive in life. Hmm. I don't always bring the two sides, but this time I have. Good. The side with the art on it and the side with the queen's face. That's if you're in a Commonwealth country. Sorry, Merka. That's America. No, take that. They don't have art on their money either. But which one am I starting with? The positive or the negative? Positive. Well, the title of this review is We, and in brackets, and Rowan Atkinson, deserve so much better from 17 July 2010, 1 out of 10 stars. Uh, so this is a positive one, right? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean number one film out of 10 oh. chosen films. It means one point out of 10. That's 10%. Wow. That's a fail. Let's just hear this fucking hack. Yeah, but it starts with warning. Spoilers. What did Roger Ebert think of this? I completely forgot to check. It's okay. He's dead now. Who cares? He wasn't dead at this point. I said now. Yeah. So let's hear this one star hack. This hack begins his review by saying, The writing was awful, and the thing as a whole was excruciating to watch. I don't know how this film was made after 9-11. Maybe this was Roger Ebert, actually. (laughs) I know it's you, Roger! (laughs) The concept of a terrorist attack killing every secret agent in Britain must have stunk up the theatre. 
The idea that the attack was successful due to a bumbling agent insulted my intelligence. I tried to watch it in real time, but I couldn't. I could see the jokes coming from a mile away, which was good, so I could fast forward. I wound up watching this film only by speeding it up a half step. And I caught something very funny. Was it? What was it? What was funny? What was the funny? I'm sorry that I had a break there, Ryan, because he actually wrote, And I caught something very funny physical comedy, hyphen, when it was allowed. Climbing up a sewer pipe, however, is not physical comedy. I do not understand all the positive reviews on this site. Whether or not you're familiar with the genre, the humour should stand on its own, but there's next to no humour at all to begin with. Rowan Atkinson is a truly great actor, but the... Sorry, not the least because he can act like he's in a great movie. He deserves a freaking medal for slogging through this one. Wow. Wow. And now for the negative one. Just kidding, (laughs) that was the negative one. This one is called... Very funny, it dose not deserve a poor score at all. This one is from 11 January 2008. Oh, Good. Yeah, that's ten years ago plus a few months. And Wait, so is, does nine eleven still affect it though? Um, like this guy's now like, I found it funny, even though nine eleven happened. Well, six and a bit years had passed. So yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and the score for this one is eight out of ten. That's not a ten out of ten, buddy. Good try though. Uh, and I'd also like to remind everyone that in the title of his review, he spelled does as dose. But that shouldn't reflect on the grammar and spelling of his actual review. Maybe. It will. Johnny English is a smart film very funny. (laughs) Rowan Atkinson is very funny and very entertaining. The story is smart when England's only hope is the last man on earth you want to trust the fate of Great Britain to. As in, as well, kind of, too. Not just... Not two. the number. Yeah. One mistake made in the film is the villain's plan to become the King of England and make Britain a giant prison. But, of course, no king slash queen has the power to do that. But besides the plan to destroy England, the film is great! With a capital G. Gee. I think... This is one of Britain's best comedies. Not as good as The Full Monty or Life of Brain, but still up there. They're the possessive there. I like how they put The Full Monty in there, yeah. (laughs) Johnny English is a film you can see loads of times and still find it funny. It's a film for all ages, from 4 to 50. All ages. Robert Atkinson was older than 50, I assure you, when he made this. Probably. But he didn't like it. So. He's not allowed in it, though. <laughs> oh, thank you, Bartek. That was beautiful, as always. You're welcome, me. You guys have been fantastic, amazing, wonderful listening people. I'm the guest. You've been pretty good. You you, you got a bit annoyed at points being not introduced, but that's okay. Um, Bartek, it was a pleasure to host with you. Yes, guest, you will be introduced, I swear to you. We'll bring you on for the next episode. I'm lying. Yeah, I know. Um, so, you guys, if you want to support us, you can find us on multiple platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Internet Explorer, Google, 
Google Chrome, Spotify, Firefox, Podbean, iTunes, all of that. Even Safari for you dumb idiots. Uh, it's Spit and Polish presents. Hey, why don't you, uh, you know, give us some feedback? You know, uh, you can drop us a message on Facebook or give us a review and rating on iTunes. Those things go a long way. But if you can't, it's good enough that you've listened and told all your friends to listen. You know, that's that's pretty good. So, um, until next time, guys. Remember to be kind to one another. You know something I noticed in the credits that I didn't notice in all my previous watchings of this film? What? They had the list of the songs that were featured in the film. Yes. And one of them was uh, the ABBA song, uh, Thank You for the Music, yeah, that was as enough. sung by Rowan Atkinson, but he only said two lines. That's enough. Yeah, no, that, that's, I just find that funny that they're... Did you know he invented ABBA? Yeah, he did. The, and, the B in ABBA stands for bean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, I forgot the A's, actually. I was going to list them all out, but I forgot the A's. I don't like ABBA, so I, I don't do. care. So you must be clamoring for uh, Mamma Mia 2. Oh, absolutely. I've totally seen both. But yeah, I did like the song choice in this one, though. They played the song, Does Your Mother Know? It's like, I can name to Everything's fine, does your mother know the trip? Wait, my mum doesn't know that I'm out. I have to go home. <laughs> <laughs>